Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by us, Tate. It's brought to you by you and I. Yes. Uh, I write I write for the ringer.com. I wrote my power rankings column on Friday. Sick. Spoiler spoiler alert, St. John's made the list. I had to put them on there, Tate. Um, I, I'm not gonna apologize for it. They are they've won four in a row. They're red hot. Who would you rather play right now if you're as a North Carolina fan? St. John's or like Clemson? St. John's. No. Put that out. <laughs> Cut that out. Uh, so, yeah, check out TheRinger.com. We have a lot of great stuff. Uh, Olympics coverage. I saw Roger Sherman is doing a bunch of Olympic stuff. Um, I, I've been watching the Olympics. Have you been watching the Olympic State? Yeah, we need some gold medals. I'm tired of all this. Yeah. Yeah, the Olympics are awesome. So, uh, TheRinger.com is a website that exists. If you type those words into your URL bar and hit enter, you will go to a website with content on it, and that is awesome. Uh, we are also brought to you by... A little podcast called the Bill Simmons Podcast. Um, Bill Simmons is a sports writer for TheRinger.com. He also does a podcast where he has various people on it. And Tate, you are a producer. I'll let you kind of explain to people what they can expect if they tune into the Bill Simmons Podcast. Uh, A lot of questions, a lot of guests, a lot of Boston sports talk, and Mm. a lot of good NBA talk because Richard Jefferson's on the podcast this Friday. Just went up, just finished it. Richard Jefferson thinks DeAndre Aiden's going to be the number one pick, and uh, it's not because he went to Arizona, I promise. Or at least that's what he said. So, Oh, interesting. Well, check that out. Uh, his, again, his name is Bill Simmons, <laughs> spelled exactly like it sounds. Um, you can subscribe to his podcast, the Bill Simmons Podcast. And uh, Tate and I, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to dive into some dirty laundry, Tate. We're going to dive into some uh, some FBI stuff, obviously. And then we're going to just kind of talk about all the upsets that happened this weekend. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right. It is Friday. Uh, We just had a wild day of college basketball on Thursday night. Um, Tate, I... You and I get a lot of complaints from our listeners mm-hmm. that we talk about our alma maters too much. We, we we spend too much time talking about Ohio State, North Carolina. How about you guys talk about some other schools around the country? There are other programs doing other things. And I was giving it a lot of thought last night as Tony Carr was hanging 30 on Ohio State and blowing the Buckeyes out of the gym. And I thought, you know what? I think our listeners are right. We shouldn't talk about Ohio State. So um, <laughs> I, I think today we should just go ahead and not talk about Ohio State. It's, it's what the people want. Uh, I would be mm. very selfish to, mm. to not give them what they want. So I'm going to say we're not. let's just not talk about Ohio State. How's that sound? That sounds pretty good. I mean, it, it is a little fitting. I feel bad for Katie Bates D out. This was the ten point performance I really wanted to talk about, uh, but I guess I'll have to save it for next week. No, I mean, <laughs> my 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 one thought. <laughs> my one thought is no, this: don't feel like most, you have to. Don't feel like you have to. Don't worry. No, we I, want to please I the have listeners. To. I have to okay. say it. I know. I have to say, it, but I have to say it. The one thing was this: pin. It, it, the thing that hurt the most was almost that it didn't hurt because I know that Penn State is very, very good. I know Tony Carr is like, he's probably, I mean, he might be better. I'll say it. He might be better than Kata. Okay, fine. I'll say it. Is that what you want, Penn State fans? You want me to say it, that Tony Carr is better than Kata Big Dick? Fine. He might be. Okay, he might be. Um, But that, the frustrating part was like, I wasn't even that mad that we lost to Penn State like you usually would be. Usually losing to Penn State is like, what the hell has happened to our program? Mm-hmm. What is going on? This is a disaster. But as I was watching, I'm like, I think Penn State's just better than us. And that, I mean, obviously last night they were, but I was like, I think just Penn State has a better basketball team. And it was a very weird feeling because that's not supposed to be the case, Tate. That's just not how it's supposed to happen. 
Um, and that it was almost like I wasn't mad, and that made me more mad than I would have been if I was mad. Well, let's be honest. Any sense we know why you weren't mad. It's because you said Penn State was a sleeping giant. That you, right. you had something to hold yeah. on to, like your own personal take on this whole matter. And Ohio State avoid the Tony in the first half. They put up twenty one points. So they did. Those they are did. those are two those, things that they did no, that really helped them out. They they avoided one Tony, but got hit with another Tony. Like <laughs> when it comes to Ohio State, getting the Tony is Tony Carr just mm-hmm. swinging his big balls yes. just all in your face. All oh my god. I hate that guy so much. I hate Tony Carr so much. And I have no, I don't know. I have no reason to. He seems like a nice enough guy. He's a good player. But it's like, why can't, if you played Ohio State every game, the man would would run away with National Player of the Year. And it's just, it's frustrating as hell. But you bring up a good point, Dave. The Sleeping Giants. Our Sleeping Giants had a big day on Thursday. We had Houston beat Cincinnati at home. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati, who was ranked fifth in the country. Houston knocks him off. Um Penn State, who actually didn't make our final cut, but I I lobbied hard for the for the Nittany Lions. Um, they beat Ohio State, and and probably the big what the biggest game they've the biggest win Penn State's probably had in a five years at least. Um, Almost a twenty win team. Yeah, San San Francisco uh, beat St. Mary's as well last mm-hmm. night. St. Mary's is a top fifteen team. I know the Dons. You and I both are just kind of uh, out on them, but it's big big win for for San Francisco. So yeah, the Sleeping Giants they might be back. I have, I have I to know. say this about Kelvin Sampson real quickly. Um, first off, Kyle, you got to put the drop in of Sir Smoke Alive from Half Bake when he goes, I want to talk to Sampson. We got to put that in whenever we talk about Kelvin Sampson. Um, it's good to have him back in the world. I was watching the American Conference last night, and don't laugh, Mark Titus. You think that's a joke? It's not a joke. I was watching Wichita State playing at home against Temple, and the. We're, I, Wait, I'll talk, what? Yeah. yeah. You were, hold on. You were watching Wichita State? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God. It, the, what happened? The Purdue Wisconsin game was such a bad brand of basketball, and there was so much Frank Kaminsky 44 in my face that I had to take a little <laughs> bit of a break. So I went over to ESPN2 to check out the Great American Conference. And I'm not going to lie, I think it was probably one of the best basketball games I've watched this season. And I know a lot of oh. people. A lot of people think I'm joking about that, or I'm kidding around, or this is sarcasm. It's not, uh, and it's not. It has, it has nothing really to do with Wichita State. It has everything to do with Temple. I want to talk a little bit about it later. But the main, the main thing I learned watching the American Conference on ESPN is they really want the American Conference to be a major conference. They spent yeah. the entire game, the announcers, everyone. It was, I mean, look at this game that we have in front of us right now. We have Greg Marshall. We, we have Fran Dumphy. And then they were talking about the Houston-Cincinnati game. And then, and, and, you know, and then it's like, and then we got great coaches like Kelvin Sampson and, and Mack <laughs> and all these, and, uh, and uh, Cronin well, and Mick Cronin. And they were talking about all these guys in the American Conference. Like, that's what coaching is. This is a major conference, folks. Get that mid-major talk out of your mouth. Like, it was like threatening me. So I'm, I'm really scared to say the American Conference is not a power conference with the way they were discussing it last night. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and put it on the record. The American Conference is a major you, conference. I'm not afraid to say I it. I can't believe it. You you watched uh, Wichita State. Of course they want it to be a major conference. Like when the American started, it was a major conference. Like the very first year, the American, when L- the Louisville was in there, and you had the Russ Smith Louisville team, mm-hmm. you had uh, Shabazz Napier, who won they won the national title at UConn that year in 2014, and then Sean Kilpatrick was on Cincinnati. Like yep. they had three teams that were in the top ten all year, like those three guys, the race for for player of the year in that conference was like the most intriguing player of the year race in any conference I can, like honestly that I can, since probably when Jay Will won national player of the year, but Juan Dixon beat him out for ACC player of the year in 02. Like that was the only other thing I can think of that was like more intriguing than that year. The American started out really, really hot. And then 
Memphis has become just a complete dumpster fire. <laughs> UConn is Kevin yes. Ollie is doing Kevin Ollie things at UConn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. The con- like there's still the pieces are still there. If we did a sleeping giants conference pod, uh, the American would be the number one pick. It's like this all of these programs should be good soon enough. Just just figure it out. So I'm I'm proud of you though, Tate, that you watched the you watched Wichita State. You you've been notoriously anti Wichita State all season and or did you watch Temple? Is, yeah, that, is that really the real That's answer? what I was going to say. I, I was definitely watching Temple, and that's what I was going to say. The, the the thing I learned last night was that Wichita State, that was the first quality win I've seen them have all season, beating Temple. Temple was beating Auburn, Clemson, Wichita before they lost last night. They'd already beaten them before earlier in the season. And the, the whole talk was Lenardi has them as his first four out, this Temple team. There's there's no way there's no world in which Temple should not be in the NCAA tournament. Ooh, they are unbelievable. You're, you're are are you lobbying for Temple? Are you ready? <laughs> are you prepared to be Dickie V when Temple does not get a bid? Uh, are you prepared to come on this podcast? I will literally and lose my mind. I will say it was a travesty to college basketball that we don't get to watch. I mean, I don't know how many people know the players on Temple. I'm gonna be honest. I knew one guy pretty much going into this game, Josh Brown, because I remember when he was getting recruited. I, I, knew, I remember the story. His mom played at Temple, and therefore he wanted to go play there. He was a pretty well-renowned recruit. You know, people knew who he was. But they had this other guy, Quentin Rose, and he, they just like go ISO with him. He looks like an NBA player. He just gets buckets like it's nothing. He had 16 last night. They had this other guy, Devondre Perry, off the bench. He was five for six from three or something crazy. Temple was blowing out Wichita State in this game in the first half. And then Wichita comes back in the second half. Shaq Morris has this huge play where he like hustles, gets the ball, passes it to Fran Camp. Fran Camp lays it in. He gets back on the other side, has this huge block. And then Temple, you know, Fran Dunphy just sort of like looks around and is like, oh shit, we're probably going to lose this game. And Wichita, I was impressed with them making the big comeback. Uh, Fran Camp hit the game-winning shot at the end, so everyone was freaking out, of course. Uh, and and it happened to be a two-pointer. He did a nice little pump fake and went in the lane, Ooh. and uh, you know a little little change of pace for Connor Fran Camp. Um, overall, though, Temple is a tournament team. I know no one really cares about Temple, but I learned a lot about them last night, and it just made me happy for Fran Dunphy that he has all this talent around him, and he still can't make it work. So uh, that's all I can say about Temple. I'm done. Good I'm, a, you, I'm off American Conference. Yeah, that's that, it. That's, that's all it. I have. You just like <laughs> you just blacked out for the last five minutes and just started talking. <laughs> don't even realize what happened. Um, you bring up a good point about uh, or, or uh, something worth mentioning or discussing. I guess is, this is what I was trying to say. Uh, about how you're watching Wisconsin-Purdue, flipped over to the, the, the Temple game. Mm-hmm. I felt like last night there was so much stuff going on that, dare I say it, Tate, it felt like March on Thursday night. <laughs> um, but I was trying to watch every game, and I ended up watching like none of the games, if that makes any sense. like Usually I... Listen, I take my job very seriously, and people roll their eyes and say, Titus doesn't even watch these games, whatever. I, I break down the film, Tate. I'm a guy that's in there. I got the mm. little device that I'm, I'm flipping back and forth. Like, little clicker. Let's rewind that. Let's, yep. Yeah, got the little clicker going. So when I watch these games, like I, I really want to take them in. And the only time that I don't really do that is the NCAA tournament because there's just 10,000 games going on, and it's impossible. And I kind of just I, – I become like basically just – a guy on the internet who just makes just just I just search for whatever the meme moment is and I just like make jokes about that and move on to the next game, you know? And I felt myself like sort of doing that last night where I I was watching Wisconsin and Purdue, but then Ohio State was getting killed. So I was flipping over to that one. And then Cincinnati ooh, Cincinnati's down. Ooh, this is it. This is juicy. Let me watch this one. And then Arizona was playing Arizona State later. And I was trying to watch that one too. And I guess I, I I'm just ready for March, Tate. I guess that's the point <laughs> I'm getting to is I'm ready for March because all these teams are losing. Purdue loses at Wisconsin. Like, is Purdue dead? 
are, is this it for Purdue? I mean, you and I have been both sort of, I, I certainly have been trolling Purdue fans in my own little way where it's like, man, wouldn't it be crazy, Purdue fans, if if all of this comes crumbling down? Wouldn't that be crazy? And and I just kind of wink at them and just try to like play to their anxieties a little bit. But I didn't actually think it was going to happen. I didn't actually think, one, I didn't think they would even lose to Ohio State, let alone then turn around and lose to Michigan State, which isn't that bad. But losing at Wisconsin, Tate, mm-hmm. Wisconsin is bad. They are bad. They are not a good basketball team. And Purdue's in trouble, dude. And and Ohio State obviously is not is not I mean as long as we I guess if we avoid Penn State we'll be okay but Ohio State losing is is notable Cincinnati's going down like what the hell is happening to this season of college basketball it's crazy people talk about like how there are no great teams this year and I I, I never understood like why this is so important like it's it's like there's going to be a committee at the end of the season and we're going to review the season and be like was there a great team and it's like i vote yes there was i vote no and it's like okay we've settled it there was no great team like who gives a shit if there are great teams or not i don't understand why that's such a compelling point um but if we're going to have that discussion there obviously are no great teams this year but i'm not even sure if there are good teams mm. i'm not even sure if we have good basketball teams this year and it's it's just absolutely insane and march can't get here soon enough I was going to say, as you were going on your rant there, I mean, you didn't even mention the, the Villanova game. So that's like even another one that you throw mm. in with Providence. I can believe that. Yeah. Like, that's how crazy. Which is like, proves yeah, my point. Yeah. That, that's how crazy of a day it is. And now we've gotten to the point where I think maybe even just last week or two weeks ago, we, we had all sort of determined that there was this upper class of like four or five teams where it was basically Villanova, Virginia, Purdue, and then it's one of the four between Michigan State, Duke, you know, Kansas, throw one of those teams, one of those blue bloods in there, and that's kind of where we had the the top of the crop, and now everything is kind of flipped on its head, and and no one really knows where they stand on this sort of stuff. Even that Wisconsin game against Purdue, you know, I watched the the start of that game, and Wisconsin had like two points, Purdue was up nine to two or something, and I'm I'm joking to myself, how many turnovers is Ethan Happ going to have in this game trying to back down and pump fake Isaac Haas? You know, I was like, this this was this Wisconsin team is just abysmal. They're embarrassing. I, I just can't believe that this is what has happened to Greg Gard's squad. And then all of a sudden, buzz cut Brad, who no longer has a buzz cut, is growing it out a little bit. You know, he hits a big three. It was like nine to five. I mean, this is the most compelling part of this game, folks. If you're thinking, why are we talking about nine to five? Because I couldn't believe when they scored points. They almost both had a Tony in the first half. I think I think the, it was like yeah. 21-21 at halftime or something ridiculous. Uh and I'm watching this game, and they're like, Haas, you know, he can't be the one-dimensional guy. They, they throw in the ball in the block, but everyone else has to move. But it is it is just Haas. It's just Haas. Edwards is lost. Yeah. I mean, Carson Edwards is okay. They do that little pick-and-pop sometimes over to three or something to keep them in the game. But otherwise, I just felt bad for Haas. And to let Hap and all those Wisconsin guys get the better of that guy— um, I, I just don't really understand it. And the worst part about it was your boy Robbie Hummels over there calling the game— and, you know, he's got his mixed feelings about his Purdue career, I'm sure, because there were so many times we thought Robbie would take it to the next level. And, uh, you know, especially in 2010. And he's got to interview Frank Kaminsky at halftime while they're putting his jersey in the rafters mm-hmm. and they're celebrating Frank Kaminsky. And I'm like, poor Robbie Humble, just having to sit here, watch Purdue lose to this terrible Wisconsin team and then also yeah. have to praise Frank Kaminsky. I don't know. It was a tough night. I felt Humble. bad for Purdue. Hummel was in the building for the Ohio State loss, too. He was working yeah, with Big Ten Network it's been a rough uh, that run. game. And he was... <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think, was he there for Michigan State? Like, are are should we build a conspiracy theory that all of this is Robbie Hummel's fault? And 
<laughs> that would be that would be great because Purdue fans would really have like a, a we'll call a it Hubble's law. Whatever could go wrong yeah. does go wrong for the Purdue basketball team. Yeah, let's let's try to figure out a way to make Purdue fans hate Robbie Hummel because that would just be <laughs> hilarious because th- they love that oh, man no, so Hummel's much. In the house. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the blowback from yeah that would be amazing. Um, did you see Buzzcut Brad is is aware of his nickname? He is. He's about it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I think I. So I. I can't remember the circumstances. Someone sent me a, an Instagram screenshot. Uh, where, where Buzzcut Brad. Maybe one of his teammates called him Buzzcut Brad or something. I, I forget what the circumstances were. But but somebody within that Wisconsin locker room listens to the pod and and knows about Buzzcut Brad. Or maybe they just follow me on Twitter. And I maybe they're one of the seven percent. Shout out to my seven <laughs> percent of real followers. Um. But yeah, he he's he's he knows about the Buzzcut Brad nickname, which which makes me very excited. But you said he's growing out his hair. Uh. Maybe he's uh he's fighting against it. What if 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 Buzzcut Brad came back next year and had cornrows tape? Mm. Would you buy his jersey? Yes. Would I you would, send him? <laughs> yeah. What I really want him to have is a bowl cut. I want him to have like the traditional bowl cut where he literally put <laughs> a cereal bowl on his head and cut it around, <laughs> and that's what we have. That bowl cut um, Brad is what I want. Yeah. So this season, to the larger point, this season is is been nuts. Has been nuts. Uh, top five teams. So I, I was kind of putting together a list of teams that were ranked in the top five that then became unranked after being ranked in the top five. And mm-hmm. what what led to this was Purdue. Like, is Purdue going to slip out of the top twenty-five? We we will have to wait and see. I don't really <laughs> I don't necessarily think they should, but I think they're going to come in at like twenty-two or something like that. Um, Do you really think they're going to fall but, but, that far? I mean, Wisconsin is—they've lost three in a <laughs> like they. This is a completely different team. I mean, if and if you look at like the schedule that Purdue played. They just beat up on a bunch of nobodies. That they played the the good wins that they have are Michigan. They play and Michigan played them very very close. Michigan should have beat them in Ann Arbor. Michigan gave them a very good game in Mackey Arena. And outside of that, like that nineteen game winning streak was empty calories. It was just a bunch of. I mean, like Louisville was okay, I guess, but they're just beating up on on no names in the Big Ten. Like, I don't know. I, I guess like people are going to be still think that that matters but if you start like looking at like the team that Purdue is now is not the same team that was winning 19 games in a row and everyone's talking about how oh man is this gonna happen is this the Purdue and I was on here talking about how this feels like the Cubs and how Purdue is definitely going to win the World <laughs> Series and, and all that sort of stuff like this, they're a completely different team I don't know I, I to you answer your question no I don't actually think they're gonna fall because people are gonna I don't know. It's been a weird AP poll and just time with the rankings in general. And, you know, for people that don't know, I mean, the rankings are a facade for the most part. It's a fallacy. No one really, it doesn't matter really much at all. I know it's kind of what the committee thinks anyway. But I don't know if Oklahoma and Trey Young, I don't think they were ever going to fall to the top 25. There's no way. Like Oklahoma just continues to lose and look terrible, but they yeah. just stay at 23. And, you know, Arizona State's sort of the same thing. It's like, okay, well, they were top five at one point, so we really don't want to take them all the way out. We're going to keep them yeah, around right. the fringe zone. So I feel like Purdue is going to do sort of the same you're thing right. where they'll probably be like 14 or 15 this week just because – it, I think the AP poll takes it personally because then it's like it reflects on them poorly. If if a team that was a top five team is now unranked, you know they don't, they don't want to admit their own defeat with right. this sort of stuff. So I, I don't see Purdue falling that far, and I also could see Purdue 
for whatever reason, just like with all these other upsets and stuff, is they, they they don't have to hold and be accountable as as what you'd expect and be twenty one. I, I think fourteen, fifteen. But who really cares anyway? Yeah, the problem right. is Isaac Haas is a one dimensional offensive player right now for Purdue. Nobody's moving around except for Carson Edwards to take a random three every once in a while. And I was just shocked at how bad they looked in that game because Wisconsin's defense isn't very good either. You know, it's not like Wisconsin's doing anything. No. And Kalil. Also, I should say, speaking about Wisconsin, have you seen this Khalil Iverson thing about how he hasn't made a three all season? Wait, what? I didn't know. I, I haven't watched Wisconsin like Wisconsin, uh, last time. It was like the first time I've watched any Khalil Wisconsin. Khalil Iverson, in a long time. They're, they're doing like a countdown, like every time he takes a three and he just bricks the shit out of it. And then they say, all right, well, now he's 0 for 27. It's like, it's like a counter up. You know, it's That's like insane. Trey Young assist counter. It's like a Khalil Iverson brick counter. I've never seen anything like it. I I don't know if he actually hit a three last night. I hope he finally broke the curse, but it was so embarrassing. You know, the only way to uh to get off that O for the season streak is to hit one. Is to keep keep shooting. Yeah. <laughs> just keep shooting. One of them's gonna go in. <laughs> um so just just to recap the the point I was making that that top five teams have fallen out of the AP poll from my quick research that I did. We have Kentucky. Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Arizona, Florida, and Arizona State were all ranked in the top five at some point. And then after being ranked top five, fell out of the top 25, Tate. Mm. And West Virginia, Wichita State, and Oklahoma have come very, very close. And Purdue, you're right. Purdue's not going to fall out of the top 25, <laughs> but it's just worth it's worth noting. But, so, But they could the point, in a couple of weeks is, is what you're saying. We're, we're, yeah, they, they could, they they could, could in a couple be, weeks. They yeah. could fall trapped. They could call, fall privy to what's been going on. Right. This is a problem all season. They got Penn State coming up this week. We saw what Tony Carr did to Ohio State. Like, who's the, who's, I don't know. Tony Carr could do it again to Purdue. And maybe Purdue is just, you know. If, if Purdue loses to Penn State, they're definitely out of the top 25. They have to be. Yeah, definitely. Losing four in a row like that. Yeah, the... the Wisconsin, Penn State. So anyway, this season, it's it's um, I don't know. It's created it's just created this vibe where the funny thing I think like in in I, I try to keep my finger on the pulse of fan bases and kind of gauge like how fans are are sort of reacting to what's happening. And basically, I feel like Texas Tech and Auburn fans are like the only fan bases that are actually really excited right now. I think Ohio State fans are, but I don't think Ohio State fans necessarily think that they can go to the final four it's more of just like oh wow this is pretty cool it's good to be relevant but i think again. like all yeah yeah it's cool to be relevant but i think like auburn and texas tech fans have sort of convinced themselves that their teams can go to the final four but literally every other fan base seems to be like our team isn't good enough to do anything we're gonna lose in the first round and it's it's hilarious because tate i don't know if you've done the math or crunched the numbers or or, or whatever but not every team can lose in the first round, Tate. Some teams have to win, and some teams have to go to the Final Four. So, uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember a season like this where basically every fan base across the country is like, we suck. We are screwed. I guess Michigan State fans are probably coming around and, and getting excited about their team, too. But uh, Slowly. Um, Slowly, I don't know. but surely. It's, it's, it's interesting. Well, we, you, It's we, interesting. So. Yeah, we brought this up to each other, and I think uh, as you go through, like, the, the passages of time and you try to find with all these tournament years, you try to find years where you can pinpoint who obviously was the perennial favorite to win. Like in 06, I remember everyone thought UConn was a shoe in the win. Obviously they didn't, but everyone was like, okay, UConn is the team in 2006. And then 2007, it was, you know, Florida's the team in 2007. And in 2008, you know, everyone's it's between Memphis and Kansas being the, t- you know, everyone had those two or three teams where it's like one of those two is going to win. 2005 is Illinois or North Carolina going to win. Um, and then right. we, were, we were trying to find like what year, 
this sort of feels like where we don't – and it's not one of the UConn years, which is – I think a lot of people will, will jump to those and say, what about 2011? What about 2014? That's not what this is. I mean, that was just pure bad basketball, well, and there was no there was a talent drought across the board. Well, and, no, I, I mean, in the UConn years, there were still good teams. 2011, Ohio State was a great team. That uh, 2011 Ohio State team, I don't – I mean, uh, I'm biased, I know, but they were <laughs> – yeah, shut up. Stop it. Stop it. That team was unbelievable. They were very good. Kentucky beat them fair and square. Like, I I, I accept what happened, but uh, that was a great team. I think most people thought, like, Ohio State is very, very good. Uh, 2014, I thought Florida was incredible. Yeah, that Flor- was like the, Florida's the team in 2014, yeah. The 2014 Florida team is, to me, the team that will be lost in history as, like, one of the great teams because, like, they made the Final Four, so it's not even like they really choked. They just got... Scotty Wilbekin got the clamps absolutely put on him. Um in that game in the, in the final four. And that was pretty much the difference, but Florida, like they were great. All, the only three losses they, or the, they ended up with four losses, I want to say. And I think the only four losses they had on the season were teams that made the final four. They lost to every team that made in Kentucky, uh, Wisconsin and, um, UConn. Yeah. I think those are like the only teams they lost to that year. So anyway, yeah, but, but you're, but you're right. It's, uh, it's, it's, y- you try to find these years and like the three that stood out to me were, were one, 2003, um, I, I, I thought back on like how Syracuse won the national title and they beat the Kansas team. And I, Kansas had Heinrich and Collison, but I was never like, I remember being, how old was I then? 16, probably. I was like, never really into the Heinrich college. Like I knew they had a ceiling. Like I, I was like, they're, they're good players, but I'm not really getting that excited about them mm-hmm. to think that they're, they're going to be a great team. And like Kentucky had good teams those years, but Something about like the early two thousands Kentucky Tubby Smith teams, where like Gerald Fitch was one of their best players. Well, Keith, I think Bo- I was, uh, well, that was Bogans, right? Yeah. It was like a still and that Bogans. was a Bogans year. Yeah. yeah, terrible. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and, and I think Arizona had a good team in 03, Um, but there there was really nothing. Like two thousand three, there was nothing that was jumping out to it, me, which is the, probably why Syracuse went on the win. Well, two thousand three, I think I was trying to think of like players and names that stood out. Everyone points to Dwayne Wade and Marquette and Steve Novak and Marquette and that team. Nobody was talking about them before the tournament. You know, that wasn't like a well-known right. thing where everyone was like, oh, I can't wait to see Tom Crean and this Marquette team with this athletic shooting guard they have, Dwayne Wade. I mean, it, right. he kind of can't, he came out of nowhere in that tournament and people called him Dwayne Wayne for like the first five, right. five right. weeks of the whole, you know, when he finally made, made the jump into the national conversation. Uh, TJ Ford in Texas and Brandon Moton from Texas were two guys that I, I was trying to think of that stood out from that year. TJ, TJ Ford won National Player of the Year. Yeah, that's all that really needs to be said yeah. about 2003. Exactly. So, um, that was the one. That was one to me. 04 was another one where, like, I felt like UConn was the best team all year, mm-hmm. but Emeka Okafor had his back problems, and no one really knew how healthy he was and how good UConn. Like, if if Okafor was healthy, I think that was a year that we kind of just say, yeah, this is UConn's title to lose, and they and, ended up winning. And it. that's um, and that's how it played out in the end. Like Ben Gordon had that great final game. Uh, was it Josh mm-hmm. Boone? Right, Josh Boone, I think it was his name for yeah jo- for Connecticut. Yeah, that yeah. a great game. Rashad Anderson. I remember that Connecticut team. And the crazy thing about that UConn team playing that Georgia Tech team. Georgia Tech was unbelievable that year. That's one of the teams I think that is gets no respect as far as one of the great college basketball teams because BJ Elder, Ishmael Mohamed, Luke Sincher, all those guys on paper, you're Sincher. just like, yeah, you're like, this team is god awful. How are they any good? But they played like the best flowing version of basketball. Everyone could get a touch, everyone was involved, and they had Sincher in the middle. It was just like the classic rim stopper, rim protector. And then once he went and went up against uh, Emeka Okafor, I mean, that was when you saw the real difference between athleticism and they killed him. My favorite team that year. No, wasn't that the wasn't that the team that Chris Bosch 
should have been on. Yeah, the Georgia exa- Tech team. Yeah, that's my yeah, my biggest yeah. regret. The will it was it should have been like Will Bynum and Chris Bosh just dominating college basketball, and Chris Bosh left early because right. he doesn't believe in titles. I'm um, just kidding, Chris Bosh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that that was like the one what if that I always wanted to happen. And then St. Joe's, who you brought up to me, it was like yeah. the the team that everyone wasn't really about, but they had the best backcourt in the well, country. They had Delonte West and Jameer Nelson. No, I mean St. Joe's was good. Like obviously St. Joe's went undefeated, and that was the first. Uh, that was the first time I remember hearing about like can this team go undefeated? And there've been a hand, like the very next year, Illinois was the team that tried to do it, mm-hmm. and then there've been a handful of teams since. Um, I don't know. People forget Kentucky almost went undefeated in 2015. <laughs> no one, no one seems to remember that date. Um, but but I think like St. Joe's, at least from what I remember, was they were the mid-major team and there's still that sense of can mid-majors compete with the big boys? Mm-hmm. Can these guys really actually, like if St. Joe's did what they did in 04, if they did that now, I think most people would be like, holy shit, this is a great legitimate team. But back then it was like, like this was still pre-George Mason, you know, in 04. Yep. George Mason hadn't even made their final four run yet. And like the VCUs and the Butlers and, and Wichita States, like none of this had happened yet. And I think most people were like, yeah, St. Joe's is undefeated. That's an awesome story. They might even in, enter the NCAA tournament undefeated. They might make the Final Four, but there's no way in hell this team is going undefeated all year and winning national titles. So, um, I don't know. That was, that was the year that stood out to me because between like St. Joe's question marks about how good they really are mm-hmm. and Okafor's back problems, I remember 04 being just sort of kind of like this sort of vibe of like, what the hell's like? Do we have any great teams? What's going on here? Um, th- and then the other year to me was was 2010. 04 too. I was I was trying to th- just think about other teams and that like in the tournament that mattered. Uh, Duke obviously people uh, probably thought that th- I guess if you ask someone they would say Duke was maybe the favorite because they had Dang and Wild- Sheldon Williams, but not really. John Lucas and Tony Allen were the two guys in the tournament. Oklahoma State. That Oklahoma State yeah, team yeah. was unbelievable that year too. That's why I yeah, feel like this good. tournament's going to be like where. That's why I was talking about Temple. We're going to get in the tournament. There's going to be like some six and three seeds where you see guys and you're like, holy hell, you know, Quentin Rose should be in the NBA. You know, and I think that's what's going to happen this year. And you just brought up 2010, and 2010 is that's the year that I, I feel like it is right now, where I just have no idea who's going to end up. Uh, yeah, like in the Final Four, even uh, it just doesn't. The, you have you, the, could t- you could convince me of anything. At this point, you could tell me, Ro- you could tell me Rhode the, Island would win, and I'd be like, okay, maybe. 2010, and 2010 was my senior year at Ohio State. Evan Turner won National Player of the Year. That's all, again, all you really <laughs> need to know about that season. Yep. Um, but you had, like, to me that year, the two teams that were the best, like the two teams that certainly when I was, was on the team and we would be keeping our eye on what was going on around the country and we would talk about, like, are we good enough to compete with these teams, were Kansas and Kentucky. And Kansas... Kansas' best player was Sharon Collins, who's a very, very good college basketball player. Sharon Collins is also a 5'11", 220-pound point guard, Tate. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes. Um, I think jacks. There was a pretty jacks threes. There was a pretty obvious limit to the Kansas team. And then Kentucky was like, we were still in the can, can the one-and-dones do it um, era type type questions behind Kentucky. And they, they couldn't shoot for shit. Like they, in the Elite Eight, that came to bite it, came back to bite them when they they played West Virginia and shot like what was it like three for twenty from the three point line yeah something crazy uh, but but that was the interesting team because of obviously uh, Demarcus Cousins John Wall all that sort of stuff Eric Bledsoe so, uh, yep. I think Syrac- Syracuse is pretty good in 2010 if I remember right but they they got swept by Louisville Anuaku got hurt in the Big East tournament um, but yeah those those are like the only three years I can remember and honestly none of those three really feel like this year to me so 
I'm excited. I'm excited for the tournament. I'm excited for the chaos. What I'm not excited for, Tay, is people asking us for advice when we, they fill out their <laughs> brackets and be like, hey, you guys are college basketball guys. Yeah. You guys are the experts. Tell me what tell me what to expect here. I'll be like, uh, honestly, who the hell knows? Seriously. Because it, it, it you so the, the 2010 thing that sort of rubs off on me. I mean, I think that West Virginia, they obviously made the final four in 2010, and I feel like that is one of the, this is one of those seasons where they could sort of do the same thing where if you have an identity in the tournament and you know what you're going to do and you know who you are and you sort of just kind of know your limitations you can make a big run in the tournament because a lot of teams they're so up and down i mean i remember 2010 it was that that was the frank martin kansas state team that had like jacob pullen and they yeah. they got up to like you know top five in the nation, and then they sort of like tapered off. Tennessee was really good with like Wayne Chisholm, and then they got up there and tapered off. It's sort of like this season we've seen a lot of teams like Baylor, like Lesidarius Dunn. They got up there and then they sort of tapered off. Mm-hmm. Um, Duke, sort of the same thing, just sort of hung around all season, won the ACC regular season. Uh, they're obviously not going to do that this year, um, but Virginia could be the Duke iteration in what 2010. Else did Duke, yeah. What did what did Duke do that year? In I don't remember. I, forget. I can't remember. I think it might get oh, wiped okay. away when the when the FBI comes to town. <laughs> well, shit. Let's just talk. Why, why are we burying the lead? By the way, <laughs> speaking of the FBI, why why are we not talked about this yet? Like people are tuning in. Like there are people that are just fast forwarding, like waiting for us to say when are they going to talk about the bag dropping? Yes. Um, let's get into that. That's the real thing we want to talk about. I feel uh, we we had to give lip service to like the upsets that happened this week. But mm-hmm. My God, Tate. My God, we have arrived. It is happening. Um. <laughs> September 26th, 2017, a day that will live in college basketball infamy. The bombshell comes out. Is this the start of the doc? Is this the start of the 30 for 30 right yeah, now? Yeah, right. This is 30 for 30. Um, the record the bombshell for the comes out. The FBI are coming for us. The, the like You and I are basically like, I mean, we... we we are beside ourselves. We are foaming at the mouth, calling each other like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing that's ever going to happen. <laughs> Obviously, we love talking about Bagman. This was like the great, I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even sleep for a few days. I was mm-hmm. so excited. I was like, the content that's going to come out of this is unbelievable. Everyone's super excited. September rolls over into October. We're like, okay, can't wait for the FBI stuff. October rolls over <laughs> in November. The season starts and we're like, the FBI stuff's still coming. They said it's coming. God yes. damn it, it's going to come. We can't wait. November turns to December. We're like, yeah, well, what happened to that FBI stuff? We're slowly getting into the actual games. And I, I look around, Tate, like in January, I was like, is anything actually going to happen with this? Because they, they they come out like swinging dick, the FBI guy, and you got the guy with the flow chart. He's like, we got the like, game plan. Yeah, he like, yeah, he's like making threats, pointing at the camera. It's amazing. And I, I, I lost all hope, I'll be honest. I was like, this is just, I mean, they were just, faking they, they they were basically it was it was a bluff they come out they say we have your game plan they were hoping that coaches would be scared and would come tattle to them and and or just yep. like air dirty laundry out on the to the media and stuff like that was i think i, I had convinced myself that was what was going on and then recently you you, you hear the news stories like you got the the cases getting thrown out like i, I don't i don't want to read those i don't know all the details because as soon as i see case thrown out i'm like god damn it that's not what i want i want the case very much in i need the case in damn Can it. we throw that case um, back in yeah so you're, you're hearing about cases getting thrown out you got rick patino on on tv crying about how he's a victim and like actually he might be a victim tate as it turns out the text, the t- like, Patino's saying, like, I was texting the Louis, the uh, Adidas rep about Terry Rozier's contract, and everyone's like, yeah, bullshit, Rick. And then come to find out, Terry Rozier, like, right around the same time, 
was wearing Nikes when he was supposed to be wearing Adidas, and it actually kind of checks out. So maybe you and I owe Rick, old Slick Rick an apology. I don't know. I was getting very discouraged. And then, what was it, Wednesday night, I want to say? Valentine's Day? Yeah. Oh, my Wednesday God. Night. My yes. love. Yes. My love delivered. Um, my love being the, the college basketball media who was plugged into the FBI scandal. They deliver. They drop the manna from heaven, and they say that th- through— some of these cases are being processed as we speak or whatever. And there was the discovery period where you have to present all your evidence to, to the court or just kind of put it out there. All that evidence is remaining private in terms of like, it's not going to be you and I aren't going to get to see it yet, but the people in the room are saying shit's about to go down. And we are back. The scandal is very much back. Drop your bags. 50 programs are implicated. Uh, we got all the details. We, we should say that Yahoo Sports reports this thing. They they throw in Bagman in the story. They they basically yes. did all they could not to wink, wink, and say we listen to One Shining Podcast and we understand Pete that. Thamel, yes, he, he also brought up. Uh, he, he mentioned the phrase "dirty laundry" as well. Which, by the way, we're going to get to our dirty laundry of the week. But yeah, Pete, shout out to Pete. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, yeah being a fan. Yeah, Go we ahead. we appreciate fans. Um, but the, the the craziest thing, so this whole report comes out. Everyone's reading it. Everyone's tweeting at us. We appreciate everyone being on the ground and uh, doing their capital J journalist duty. Um, but the main thing that comes out of this is that almost half of the sixteen teams revealed in the selection show are implicated. Um, and that led me to the situation yeah. where we have now a list of teams. So almost half, which is around what six or seven. So we have 16 teams that have yeah, been yeah. revealed um, and may may <laughs> surprise you, may shock you. North Carolina, toss them out. No, stop toss it. Them stop out. it. Stop toss it. Toss them out. No, we, stop they, it. They've been, you know, my, my biggest thing with the NCAA situation and the cloud over the program, it was disheartening. It hurt a lot. It obviously kept Carolina out of a lot of recruiting battles for top players. And I thought it was this dark cloud that was really hindering the success of North Carolina. Turns out it didn't. It just led to championship games and championship wins. And it also kept them out of this whole bag dropping fiasco. And now they're not a part of the one and done thing. And just go look at the roster. Do you think Luke May got paid to go play basketball? Luke May is paying us to play basketball at this point. Stop it. You're doing what every other fan base is doing right now. No. It's it's so funny. I'm putting the facts out there. We got no. three-star walk-ons with unibrows playing for us, and you're trying to tell me Listen we're dropping bags? Get out of here! You're discrediting. I love. I love this this point that we've arrived in college basketball fandom, where fans are discrediting their own roster. Like <laughs> up in, up until this point, it was like, man, our guys are good. How come Luke May is not getting more love? And then all of a sudden, like all this stuff hits, and everyone's like, I wonder what programs are worse. Like, it's not us. Luke May is hey, terrible. Have you seen this guy? I'm not. I'm not saying. Every, Luke, I'm not saying Luke May's bad at basketball. I'm saying he was a bad recruit. I'm saying that's all I'm saying. It's so it's funny. not about the actual. It's not what happens in college basketball. It's what you were valued at before you came into the game, and that's the problem. It, so, it, so North Carolina is not getting guys that are valued like that. I mean, the last one was Harrison Barnes. You know, and it's like, so funny to see. Ago, to see it's so funny to see fan bases like neg their own players and just. It, it can't like, like or or the thing where they're like, uh, we we couldn't possibly have cheated. We have a, we suck. If we're cheating, then we're not doing it right, and and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it's completely flipped on its head. Instead of all the all the Duke fans are like, well, wait a second, we're not that good. I mean, like if you look at our players, they're not. It's so yeah, funny they, to me. They were all they were all doing. five stars. They were all five stars. All right, so I'm North, gonna do this. So I'm gonna do it the other out. way. I'm gonna say <laughs> North Carolina. North Carolina's out. So toss them aside. 
This is going to be a shocking one uh, to toss out there. Uh, it's going to be Ohio State. I don't think that Thad was involved. I don't think Thad was a part of the one and done. So Ohio State, toss him out. Listen, Sorry, Titus. Uh, whatever, whatever. Toss him out. Listen, toss so here, uh, I'm not going to be Rick Riley defending Lance Armstrong. I'm not that stupid where, you know, like, I'm not going to die on this hill and be like, there's a 0% chance Ohio State was cheating. I'll just say that I, I was around the program. Um, I'm also a man who has a history of not giving a shit about protecting Ohio State. If you, mm. those of you who remember or follow my Club Trillion blog when I got death threats because people were like, hey, when, when the Jim Tressel tattoo gate thing was happening, people were like, hey, Titus, what do you see around campus? And I was like, I don't know. It looks like they're driving nice cars. And then people were like, <laughs> burn this motherfucker. <laughs> Kill this man. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. Everyone so has listen, fresh I'm, tattoos and new cars. I don't, I don't know what's going I'm on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be stupid and, and try to like pretend like you know. I mean, Ohio State makes more more money than virtually every athletic program in the country. Um, it, it would make sense for us to be dropping bags. I will just say that I know Greg Oden. I've known him very. He, he was the guy who started it all. When when Greg mm. Oden came to Ohio State, that started the snowball of all the one and dones. So, if you're going to pay somebody. If Thad Mata was ever going to drop a bag for anybody, it would have been Greg Oden. And I Greg, I, I guarantee you Greg Oden was not getting money in college. And if he was, he was not touching it until like he got to the NBA. So that that's really all I I the, all I'm gonna guarantee is that much. Um, because I'm not stupid enough to to pretend like nothing's gonna happen. But I would be very, very, very shocked if Thad was I mean, look at look at the history. Like, look at you want to know why Thad wasn't landing recruits recently. I mean, there's. It's not that hard. I've complained about the Kobe Simmons situation on on the the old teed up podcast, rest in peace, where Kobe Simmons has his final list down to UNLV, Kentucky, and Ohio State. Kentucky already has De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. They don't need another guard. UNLV hires Chris Beard for three days. He gets he moves on to Texas Tech. Like UNLV doesn't even have a coach. So it's it's the day for Kobe Simmons to make his decision, and he's like, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, it's got to be Ohio State, and then he ends up at Arizona after never taking a visit, huh? Hmm. Hmm. So I don't know, Tate. That, that's my defense of Ohio State. That's how North Carolina has been. Uh, Zion Williamson, everyone's telling me he's going to go to Carolina. It doesn't even get a sniff. Uh, like, who is going to be the biggest name to get taken down in this thing? If even anyone does get taken down and described as a bag man. I thought Patino, not, I thought Patino was the one, but I think it's going to be someone else in that group where we're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. The one thing the one thing about the article, the Pete Thamel article I'm talking about, um, it, it had like a sense of like, it might just keep giving us blue balls because, like, Thamel's like, this is going to rock college basketball. Everybody's mm. going down. Yes. And that's just assuming that this information ever becomes public because it might not become public, by mm -hmm. the way. That's also a thing mm -hmm. I should mention. But uh, also, but if it does become public, it's going to rock college basketball. But, you know, it might not. It might not ever become public. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Are we Are we going to get the, the – am I going to get my pound of flesh or not? That's I don't know. So um, I I think, but I'm I'm excited. I'm whipped back into a frenzy. I'm ready for this. And I I I think that we are getting played a little bit with these stories and these leaked uh, things. I think it is yeah, to yeah. keep it in the conversation. I think it's a lot of grandstanding. I think they want everyone to be chopping at the bit like we are right now, talking about like who's gonna go down? Right. Is Self and Kansas gonna go down? Is Izzo gonna go down? And yell all this stuff and talk about how bad of a situation it is in college basketball because I think what they really want to do is to get some of these people that they can't like. I don't know if they have the strongest case. I think they have a lot of circumstantial evidence right. where so-and-so was texting someone. Someone went to this church to go pick up a bag. Someone you know, drove down in this brand new Mercedes. Like I think they have all this circumstantial evidence, but they need people on the record saying, hey, 
you know, this person was doing this for me. This person was a runner for me. And I think they want someone to turn. And I think the the person I want to turn rat the most is John Calipari. And I and I say that with yep. love. I want him to go full, you know, like Jack Nicholson in The Departed and basically play the whole game like he's a part and he's this, you know, big Don Dada running the game. But it, the whole time he's just feeding info to the FBI on everybody else. <laughs> that that is what I want because that's the best story for everyone, and then we're gonna get a nice movie out of it probably, and that's what we all really we went want. To John Calipari, yes, we, we went to John Calipari where he was uh, when he was recruiting for Pittsburgh, and he was telling recruits that Lou Carnesecca was gonna die any any moment now. <laughs> you, remember, <laughs> you remember that when I, ta- I we talked about that on the podcast? Yes. I brought that up. Yes, that story. So yes. yeah, that's what we want. We want that ruthless <laughs> Calipari. Um, yeah, and, and one, one one last party shot. One last party shot is that if. If Ohio State does go down, or I also am an Indiana fan, and Indiana is an Adidas program, and Adidas has been implicated, and um, I almost like want Indiana to be implicated because, like, if you're an Adidas program and you're not getting caught in this, it's like, damn, you're not actually a real. <laughs> yeah, you're not, <laughs> Indiana's like a not even a good enough program. To get... <laughs> it's like, damn, like Adidas dude. gets their hands, they get these hands on these top recruits, and they don't even funnel them to Indiana. It's like, holy shit, we've fallen that far. Um, <laughs> We're not but even in the conversation anymore. If if uh if those schools are implicated, like I, I want I I th- I'm not I'm not like excited now, and then it's going to be a case where like both of those schools get busted, and I'm like, oh shit, I wish I wouldn't have been so excited. I actually will be excited. Like I want I want the sport to get cleaned up. I know it's impossible. You can't possibly clean it up 100. percent I know that the bag men are just going to get savvier with how they they're going to start using Bitcoin or some shit. But <laughs> um. Ideally, like if if there are people if there are people cheating at Ohio State, get them the hell out of Ohio State. Yeah, Let's clean it I, up. Like that. I, I'm, I'm for that. Couldn't agree I support more. it. So I don't, I don't yep. really I don't really care. I'm, I I want everyone to burn to the ground, and I I'm very much looking forward to all of this. So, um, yeah. You ready to uh, let's take a break and then we'll get into the uh, the dirty laundry segment. We will we will not keep the people waiting any longer. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite team, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And who knows, if the FBI brings all this stuff out, you may have great seats at the NCAA tournament to watch number one seed Rhode Island take on the other number one seed Temple. Uh, I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere with just the two taps, just a few taps, not two taps. I can instantly find seats. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever, Mark Titus. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, call Rick Pitino. Just kidding. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code OSP today. That's promo code OSP for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. Back to the podcast. All right, Tate, let's do uh, some dirty laundry, close out the week, as we always do, reading stories from managers, uh, people who worked with basketball teams, people who know managers, people who met basketball players at parties. 
most of the, most of the people listening know the deal. We're, we're getting a lot of new listeners because we're getting closer to March Madness, and people only care about college basketball right around this time. So those of you who are new, um, we we do a thing every Friday where we read these stories. Uh, we we have opened up our direct messages at One Shining Pod. You could slide to the DMs. Tell us your stories. Uh, I'll say it again. I'm an, I know I'm a broken record for those who regularly listen to the pod, but but do not mention names to the best of your ability. Do not do not try to like ruin anybody's lives. We just want to hear funny stories and laugh and and just cheer people up. But um, I don't know. This is this is a fun segment. I enjoy it, Tate. I'm so excited for this. We have we have another great crop of stories. And by the way, we have like. We have so many stories. Yeah. <laughs> we have like hundreds and hundreds of stories that for, I have. For the listeners um, that don't know, Titus comes to this segment and he has like, this could be the whole podcast. I think one day I'm not going to show up or just put my mic on mute and yeah. just let him tell stories the entire time. We get so many. We really I, appreciate it. I enjoy reading them when I'm bored on Twitter. I just go to the One Shining Pod and I just start going through them. Um, they're just great. I could literally I could literally do a whole week of pods. I, would, I could do five <laughs> days of podcasts, all of them uh, two hours each, reading nothing but stories that we've been sent. So, uh, Again, like these, I, I I try to pick out the best ones, but it's also so overwhelming that it's like, I don't know, some of these aren't the best. So again, if you're like offended and you're thinking my story was so much better than that, just be patient. I might get to it. Calm down. It's not about you anyway. It's not about you. It's about the greater good. So calm down. All right, Tate, you ready? Let's dive into it. Let's do it. I was the roommate of a guy on the athletic training staff at a mid-major in the mid-2000s. We shared a bathroom with some football players and our starting point guard was always in their room. One day I came in late and found this same point guard hooking up with some blonde girl with short hair on my futon. Although I was pissed that he was on my futon. Futon? Did I say futon? Futon. I got a uh, futon. Futon. Futons. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although I was pissed he was on my futon, I certainly didn't want to have that discussion at that time. I turned and left and called to bitch at my roommate about leaving the door unlocked. About two days later, I saw the point guard again. He was with a girl with long blonde hair this time who was on the volleyball team. I heard them talking about how they were supposed to be going out that weekend, quickly realized that was his girlfriend. He made eye contact with me and stared. I kind of smirked, nodded, and walked off. That night, he came by to offer to buy me a new futon. (laughs) Epilogue. (laughs) Wow. I later found out that both girls were friends and members of our volleyball team. So he was, was, yeah. (laughs) I wasn't Facebook friends with the guy, but I friended him about five years later on Facebook. And found out that he was married with a kid, with a third member of the school's volleyball team. Wow! So this point guard, ha- this point guard has a type, and he he likes futons. That's what we learned. I, I was gonna say, I think he likes athletic children. He, yeah, yeah, he's it's the Lavar Ball situation <laughs> yeah. where he's like, I specifically <laughs> yes. picked this woman to breed star athletes. Jesus. Uh, my freshman year, we had two big time transfers sitting out. Our team was a mediocre team in a mediocre conference, so it was difficult for these two transfers to take things seriously. Seriously. So they were off smoke they were often smoking weed. One day during a game, one of the transfers turns back to me and asks if me and another manager want to come smoke with him and another transfer at their apartment. Without hesitation, we said yes. We go to their apartment, sit down on their couch while they take a seat on some chairs that they had stolen from our practice gym. I asked one of the transfers if he thought it was a good idea for them to be smoking. He said yes and proceeded to explain why. This transfer <laughs> and one of our other players both had off-season shoulder surgery. The transfer came back after a few months while the other player was still recovering. The transfer completely believed that smoking weed had healed his surgery and said he had been urging his teammate to smoke that his shoulder would heal. Mm. Yeah. That I sounds like about that. right. That's yeah. like the potheads that say that like we can fix literally everything <laughs> that's ever been wrong in this entire world. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like you have like a headache. Like, we can solve the Middle East. If you just if you just send weed to the Middle East and let them, <laughs> let them smoke and, like, we'll never have violence again. And, yeah, it just solves everything. Yes. This guy says, it's bad enough that you got Take the Snake speaking on the pod. Please don't let Vile Kyle anywhere near the mic. Oh, shoot. I don't know how that one got in there. Wow. Sorry about that. Wow. Sorry about that, guys. Anyone that's lame Whoops. enough to take a nickname from someone that's that. a blogger on the internet, good God. Embarrassing. No, so I, I don't. I honestly, I don't know how they get one. Uh, guys, I apologize. Can't is apologize. A, is this enough. a Titus no, burner account? What's going on? Yeah, this is tough. No, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Sorry, guys. Um, I work at a big time basketball school, and one time after a pretty rough home loss last year, the opponent coach, who is also a ma- at a, from a major basketball school, but the lesser school in our state, walked into his press conference, looked down at himself, and said, "Damn, I'm sweaty." Then he walked out as if to change his shirt and never returned, apparently going and getting on the bus without telling anyone. <laughs> so that's uh nice. that's Sean Miller, right? Yes. That's gotta be was, was this last night? Was this the Arizona, Arizona State game and Sean Miller? I, I will say this. I will say this about Sean Miller. Uh the the memes and stuff when the FBI stuff came out, all the people tweeting the Sean Miller with him sweating yeah. through his shirt. That's so funny. <laughs> that's good. It is so funny. <laughs> that that'll be that's the best part about all this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those those uh um, I am the female manager for a men's D3 team in the Chicago suburbs. On a way trip this past season, we had one free night out in downtown Seattle before flying home. So we decided that there was no better place to spend the night than by going to a three-star strip club. Do, <laughs> do they give ratings to strip clubs? Is that a on thing? Yelp, yes. Oh, on Yelp. <laughs> Myself and seven of the players paid 22 bucks to get into the strip club, and one of the players took it upon himself to buy me a lap dance from one of the dancers. Each player ended up spending more than fifty dollars, but on the night. But they said the look on my face was priceless. So, a um, couple things. One, maybe not the best story, Tate. You know, not as juicy as it could have been. But we have female listeners. That's awesome. Love that. I love that. Two, uh, the basketball team taking the female to the strip club is like, I don't know. I, I've actually been in that situation where I've been with a group of guys. Well, and like gender equality. To go to the strip club and yeah, yeah, gender equality. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's it's very strange to be like to see one of your female friends at a strip club getting a lap dance. That is that is a very bizarre. Yeah, well you're getting yeah, the you're getting like, the eye yeah. contact like is this is this right? Yeah, you know, like, it's, what the hell? <laughs> what am this, I doing? This yeah. is what they this is what happens here. <laughs> yeah, you, you see her having like a midlife crisis at yeah. age twenty three. She's like, what the f- what has led to this point in my life? She's like, I hope my mom never guys. hears about this. Yeah, Ugh. holy shit. And then, and then and then the guys at the strip club are like pulling them in the back room. Like like they take the girl in the back room and you're like. What the hell's going on? And I, this actually happened to me. One of the girls I was with, she comes out of like the back room, and I'm like, "What the hell just happened? Like, do I need to call the police?" And she's like, "No, no, no. They were they were just trying to get me. They're trying to hire me to be a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like be- they're on their hands and knees, basically begging me to come strip for them. So, oh, yeah. don't. My advice to those listening: if you have friends who are girls, don't take them to a strip club. Not no, a good move. No, go to lunch or it's dinner. Not as cool or something. As you, it's not as cool as you think it might be. I went to a Big Ten school one night while working at a famous fast food establishment. It was blizzarding outside. Hold on, is, is he trying to say, was it actually blizzarding? Is that a word? Or is he yeah. saying he works at Dairy Queen? Is that like a, <laughs> yes. a little nudge at Dairy Queen? Sponsored. One of, our very f- one of our very few customers was our team's point guard. I completed the $25 order he had when he didn't have the money to pay. While chatting after, a- after I completed the order, I handed him the food. He asked me, where are my apple pies? I ran back to get them, and when I came back, he tossed me a ball with the entire team's autograph on it. My question to you is, did I commit an NCAA violation? And my answer to you is, yes, yes you did. Yeah. <laughs> you very much did. Yes, you did. 
And my answer is uh, the FBI is going to be calling you very shortly, and you should be very worried. We did, we just ratted Let's you get, out to the FBI. Uh, we have just leaked the info, and uh, we apologize. Can we get can we get somebody on Twitter to be a uh, to to do a thing where it's like that guy's face when the FBI comes knocking, and then it's a picture of Sean Miller sweating through a suit like that. <laughs> that seems to be the joke that you should make there. All right, these are we're getting we're getting warm, Tate. These are the, these are the good ones now. We're we're done with we're the, appetizers. the appetizers. Time for yep. the main course. Yep, time for the main course. During college, I worked in the marketing department for athletics at a low-budget D1 school. By my junior year, I was working on the scores table, directing video board spots for promotions. By sitting in that spot, though, with the monitor and headset, I was also pulling double duty by assisting in the replay reviews. It was midway through the first half where a play was under review to see if the opposing team would receive a tech. After a few minutes of of a review, the refs concluded that they did not have good enough camera angle to make the call and called it a common foul. The refs explained to our coach that we did not have a good enough camera angle to make the call. Coach then comes over in front of me and proceeds to berate me for the next minute about how this was my fault, <laughs> kicks a hole in the scores table, and as he walks away, <laughs> turns around and says, if we lose this one close, it's on you. <laughs> the, the, the team goes on to win. Then the following day, the coach comes over to our office and apologizes to me for his actions and said he was just doing it to motivate his team. Yes. And then he offers to buy me a smoothie for being a good sport. <laughs> I never got that smoothie, but the next home game during another review, a season ticket holder a few rows from behind the table shouted, don't fuck up again, replay guy. <laughs> <laughs> he says, that coach was a dick. I like that story. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I was going to guess a name, but now I'm not. Yeah, it's I'm gonna like leave Stallings. It. That's like the, the same the same <laughs> name you guess anytime a coach. Yes. Just, it's like it's got to be Stallings or Frank coach. Martin. I don't know which one. Yeah. Uh, three years ago, during my sophomore year at a Bush League D1 program in LA, several buddies and I served as male practice players for the women's team. The team was pretty shitty to say the least, but the lone bright spot was our lightning quick all-conference point guard. One afternoon in practice, just as the team was beginning to hit their stride and the next few games suddenly appeared winnable, the aforementioned star point guard was repeatedly torching the other girls drill after drill. The head coach became pissed with the girls' lackadaisical efforts, so he threw me out there to guard her and set the tone for the remainder of practice. After blowing by me on the first possession, the coaches implored me to get physical and play, quote, defense like a man. <laughs> so on her next drive to the basket, I went to bump the star point guard, but our feet got tripped up and she proceeded to fall face first into the ground, breaking her face and having oh. to be rushed to the hospital because she couldn't breathe due to her face being bashed in. The team then lost six of their next 18 games thanks to me injuring the star point guard and ended up finishing the year in abysmal 8-22. and 22. Needless to say, I was not asked to come back. Jesus. <laughs> Fun times. What school is that? Uh, USC? Yeah, shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Just well, kidding, shitty USC. Shitty program in LA. Uh, <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, I was a manager at a D2 school, school in Ohio. Each year we had to travel to the backwoods of West Virginia to play the worst team in our conference. This particular West Virginia school has been hit hard by NCAA sanction, and as a result, the athletic department was a complete mess. Marshall. Upon arriving... Ooh. No, it says D2 school. Uh, Upon arriving to the game, I set out to order pizza for our post-game meal. I asked the concessions worker where I should order pizza from locally, and she said nothing to me, but rather just pointed at the other team's tiger mascot. So I walk up to the tiger and I ask where I should get pizza. And the tiger removes the mascot head, revealing that he is the athletic director. What? <laughs> Wait, what? He informed, he informed me that they ordered pizza for, for our team already. Great. This is very kind of them. 
So we then proceed to get blown out by 20 in our game. And as I leave the locker room, I see the Tiger mascot is handing out our pizzas to the other team's players as they leave the gym. So here I am knowing I have to tell our head coach after a 20-point loss that our pizza was given to the wrong team by the Tiger mascot, who was really the athletic director (laughs) of the other school. (laughs) I quickly scrambled and called a McDonald's along our route back and pre-ordered meals for everyone on the team bus and then told our head coach what happened. Needless to say, he was not happy, but at least he got to end his night with a McFlurry rather than crappy pizza from the backwoods of West Virginia. (laughs) Nice. So yeah. That just shows you how the other, like you and I talk about all the big money in college basketball, and there are schools out there that have athletic directors wearing tiger costumes handing out pizza. So just remember that. Remember how blessed you are, Division One players that are listening. You know, you you do get paid. You actually do get paid. Don't be upset that you're losing out on millions of dollars. And you don't have a tiger um, costume. Yeah, you know, yeah. All right, we got a couple more. All right. I was a walk-on on a mediocre ACC team in the mid two thousands. Oh, is this North Carolina? Oh, you mean uh, the champions? No, the mid the mid two yeah, yeah the, uh, 2005 right in the middle. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, After a quarterfinal loss in the ACC tournament in Greensboro, some teammates and I were milling around in the hallways outside the locker room when the coach of the team we just lost to came around the corner, just laying into a tournament official. Yes. Quote, Kay. if we're if Yes. We, if we're going to sell out this bad, we might as well sell our bodies to prostitution, he yelled. <laughs> oh, Patino. At no <laughs> at no point during the game did he ever get this heated. The coach, being a proper Southern gentleman, mm. wanted to savor his victory with an ice-cold Coca-Cola Classic oh. while he scouted the next game. Wow. The tournament, which was sponsored by Pepsi, couldn't allow this, and their officials were blocking him from walking out into the arena with his beverage. They finally compromised by pouring the Coke into a plastic souvenir cup. That's Roy. This can't. The team can't be the, the North Carolina because the coach is Roy Williams. Prove me wrong, Tate. Yeah, Southern well, gentleman who loves Coca-Cola. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be Roy. That's way too much <laughs> on the nose for Roy. But uh, I'm trying to think of other Southern. I mean, oof. Oliver Purnell. <laughs> <laughs> who's the Who's the Southern gentleman in the in the? Yeah, I can't think of the mid 2000s. That, that's that's more your uh, that's more your territory to come up with the Paul Hewitt. Whatever. Um, Paul Dave, Hewitt, Dave yeah, Lado. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep naming coaches that definitely don't fall in line. <laughs> Oh, 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 no, I can't say that. No. Don't say that. Don't, Don't do t- it. Don't say it. <laughs> Sydney Lowe. Don't say it. <laughs> Moving on. Not a manager story, but a good one nonetheless. Ooh, setting the bar pretty high there. Pretty full of yourself with this story, guy. We'll see. Um, recently graduated from a Big Ten school where I played on the golf team. The golf team at our school worked out in the same facility as the basketball team. And after their Final Four run a year prior, on a regular basis – there were fans waiting outside the facility for basketball players to go walking in and proceed to ask them for a signature on the on a basketball or jersey that they tried to get the whole team to sign. With the guys on the basketball team knowing these guys were clueless and who it was, they approached asking for signatures and likely just trying to sell it online after the team signed it. A few of them talked to a couple of the taller players on the golf team and asked if we had been signed and asked us if we had been asked to sign these things before. After realizing that we that we, in fact, had been asked to sign some of the things. They told us to always walk from our cars to the gym in basketball shoes, and if we got asked to sign anything, to go ahead and sign the fans' item. So out there right now, there are six basketballs slash jerseys that are hanging in some man caves with the final four team signatures, including a golfer's name, right in the middle of each piece. I like that story. That was a good story. That's a good story. It's hard. That's a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. All right, an acquaintance of mine was an assistant coach for the USA Junior National Team that played in the World University Games in Russia. My friend was helping a future first-round pick check in for his flight to Russia, and his bag was several pounds overweight. 
The player opens his bag, and inside there are three giant jugs of barbecue, buffalo, and ranch. Yes. My friend, my friend asks, what are these? And he replies, these are my favorite sauces. I don't know if they will have them in Russia. <laughs> the player paid the overweight fee and successfully brought his favorite sauces across the globe. <laughs> Good. Well deserved. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. He was All right. right I got, we got... We got two more, and and, and we'll, we'll be done. Um, this is this is my second favorite. I was a practice player for a top women's program. For the most part, we had the exact same practice schedule as the rest of the team. The girls had a game on January second one year, meaning we had practice on New Year's Day. As any red blooded as as any red blooded American, I got wasted the night before, like I owned a boat and my name was Tommy Lee. An assistant coach had had to come to my dorm and drive me to the arena against my will. When I and when I get to the locker room, our head coach is in there taking a shit and looking over the scouting report. The team we were playing was terrible, so our head coach is more concerned with talking to the practice players about Skyline Chili than he is who who is the the other team's best shooter. He eventually throws the ten page packet out from under the stall and says, "Fuck it, let's just run some games." And one of the assistant comes by and picks up the packet like an unpaid intern and walks out. When we get to the court, the head coach says he's playing with us and pulls the practice players together to lay down the rules for when he's on the court. He says, we're only running a 2-3, and I am always on the bottom left side. And on offense, if I call for it, if I call for it, feed me, and the pass better be in the fucking pocket. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. He went as far as, uh, while I have strategically placed water cups right off the court during our games, while I'm placing the water cups during our games, the head coach proceeds to talk more shit than humanly imaginable about his own players. He went as far as to mention the girls' moms and how some weren't his first choice in recruiting. <laughs> we won the games, and he brought us all pizza after, and the girls dropped 100 on the team the next day. <laughs> I like that story because those who don't know, women's basketball coaches are, and especially men who are women's basketball coaches, are some of the most like insane, crazy people and in, in, in the good way, in an endearing way yeah. that I've ever met. Like I've, I've gotten to know some of the Ohio State men's but. Some of the men who coach on the Ohio State women's team, and oh my god, they're hilarious. So they're basically just like glorified managers. Like they know their sport's not quite as important, and the stakes aren't quite as high, so they they have more freedom to fuck around. But they're also really rich, and they're also sort of powerful. Yeah. And it just it creates a perfect storm, Tate. I love it. All right, last one. This is my favorite one. Every night before games, the managers would be in charge of printing out the scouting report and bringing it to film session that night. The night before a big conference game, one of the assistant coaches asked me to print it off from his laptop in his office. I open his laptop, and a Word document is pulled up titled, in all caps, BOOBS. Nice. (laughs) The whole thing was pictures of boobs from the internet that the coach had saved. (laughs) Needless to say, I went about my business and never said a word to him. I wish I could say this was surprising. That that might be my favorite dirty laundry story we have ever told. That is perfect dirty laundry. That just that that hits everything I need out of a dirty laundry story. Yes. It's just so simple. It's yes. it simple, just, man. You know? Very right to the point. Just it's right beeps. to the, the a coach. Just a coach has a word document with just pictures. That he he's dropping images of boobs into a word document. <laughs> yes. When this coach finds out about internet pornography, he's going. To <laughs> yeah, he's going to lose his shit. <laughs> he's going to lose it. He's going to be he's, so pissed about all those oh sticky God. magazines he has. He's going to be like, oh god. <laughs> 
That was that was the dirty laundry segment. Uh, thank you guys for sending in. Keep it, keep them coming. Um, Tate, let's wrap this up. You got any shout outs to give before we go? I got to give a shout out to uh, your boy Evan Turner. I was watching the Warriors uh, and the Blazers when the Blazers beat the Warriors for the All Star break. Evan Turner comes up to Draymond Green after the game when he is uh, talking to the media, and he's like, "Bro, you got my cash." And Draymond's like, what cash? Yeah, I saw this. And he's like, yeah, you got to like pay me up for the Michigan State. And Draymond, because I guess Ohio State, Michigan State, they made a bet. Uh, and it was very endearing to see these guys. I love seeing the guys in the NBA. And that's why I talk about it. Like they care about their school still. Um, dap each other up. Draymond pays him. And then Evan Turner's like, Big Ten for life. He's like, yeah, you know it. You know, saw yeah. each other out. And I was like, that was really good. It was good for the Big Ten. It was good for, for you. It was good for Jim Delaney. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. It was. It wasn't good for me. It made Evan Turner look like a nice guy, and I just want to say, like, no, it the didn't. next time, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Don't worry about that. Somebody, no one, no one think. No. Some, yeah, yeah. Well, somebody find the uh, the clip of when Ohio State loses and someone goes to collect money from Evan Turner and see how he handles it. <laughs> G- give me that clip. That'll show you the real Evan Turner. As someone who Evan, I Evan owes me countless money. I don't. I can't even. I lost track of the tab that I ran up with that guy where I would I would go do things for him just to try to like bury the hatchet. I was like, hey, you know how I make fun of you on my blog all the time, Evan? It's just a bit, man. We should be friends. Here, let me go buy you some lunch. And he's like, yeah, I'll get you the $10 when I get a chance. That was like <laughs> once a week a for me. <laughs> once a week great. for me, yeah. And then he got paid like $30 million a year on like the shittiest contract in NBA history. And I was like, oh, Evan, you have the chance now. How about that $10 you owe me from college? Nope. No. Nope. Have, have, He's no, still collecting cash well. from Draymond Green, who makes less than him. Uh, any more shout-outs from you? I that's, got, that's all I got. Yeah, my I, I have two shout-outs. One, the Arizona cheerleader that got kicked out of the Arizona-Arizona oh, yes. State game. Yes. Uh, absolutely hilarious. The story goes, Tate, that he was using his megaphone to sh- talk shit to the Arizona State players. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and the ref told him to stop. And he did not stop, and they they booted his ass, and that's that's absolutely hilarious. Um, so shout out to that guy, and then two, I want to shout out a guy named Raza who keeps who keeps sliding into our DMs with scouting reports on recruits because I I've said I said on the pod so many times that I don't follow recruiting that well, and this guy Raza keeps like he, he literally like every prospect that's ever committed, he's like, all right, so here's the deal on this guy. He reminds me of this, and I don't know how good his reports are. Like I'm not fact checking this stuff. <laughs> But I just want to – I appreciate the hustle. So thank you, Raza. Thank you for Thanks, that. Raza. Keep it coming. I, I see you. I appreciate you. So um, that's it, Tate. Uh, games to watch. You know what? We, we run these pods so late. Why do we Why do we do it so late? Like everyone complains about this. So like by the time we put it up, people don't listen to this until Saturday when the games are already on. So. Yeah. But games to watch. Villanova plays at Xavier. West Virginia's at Kansas. Carolina-Louisville in the Cheaters Bowl. Um, oh. You got the hookers versus the uh, fake classes. Excited about that one. The champions versus the uh, former champions. We think asterisk to, to the, TBD. The vacated between the two <laughs> those two programs, there will be five vacated national championships. So that's always exciting. Mm. Um, Ohio State's at Michigan on Sunday. Wichita State's at Cincinnati. Tate's going to watch that one. He's back into the American. Nope, they nope. play on Sunday. <laughs> and then Trey Young goes to Allen Fieldhouse on Monday night for Big Monday. Tate. And we that that could be. There were, there they was, could put the dagger in Kansas's heart. Yeah, they could, and it also could be Trey Young. This is going to be the redemption story where Trey Young figures it out and everyone's back and saying Trey Young's the best. So yep. get ready for that whole storyline, that whole thing to shift. We'll see if Kyle has a guy for Monday. It could be Trey Young. Um, but other than that, mm. I think uh, I think this has been good. We we feel bad for everyone that's excited about the FBI. It's going to be a lot of waiting, a lot of waiting around, and it may never come out, but uh, for now we're going to have a good time and talk about it uh, as much as we I'm, can. I'm very, very excited. Um, the the stuff I I'm with you. I think you made the point early on when all this stuff broke that the FBI and NCA everybody's just waiting. 
until the final four or at least the start of the NCAA tournament for it to happen. I hope there's a news dump like there was with Tom Crean when Tom Crean got fired as soon as the ball tipped off in the first game of last year's tournament. I hope that happens with all of this. I hope as soon as the ball tips off, just all the names just come out and it's 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 just it's gonna be great. Actually, I don't think I do. I'm take I take that back. That would make life hellish for you and I to try to watch like 30 games as we're yeah. processing all that. Yeah. But it would be awesome. So we'll make it happen. All right, that's all we got. Uh we'll see you guys Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Save the crew.